So these people that have huge communities and, and great membership communities were doing these hacks on the back end that their husbands were like coding in order to make it work. And that's when we started to say, okay, when you start hacking together people's things or like it has to be WordPress and, and this, like you start, you go, oh, there's probably a need for software. This is episode 131 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. If you have not already, this is your reminder to tap that subscribe button and set a little reminder for yourself to leave a rating or a review. It's the only way that these podcast apps know that you are liking what you are listening to. So I appreciate any time that you take to share the love and make sure you tell your friends Maybe they'll like this episode. Maybe they'll like a past episode. Who knows? Maybe they'll even like a future episode. So spread the word about the Become a Media Maven podcast. Today's episode is one that I wanted to have just selfishly because I wanted to learn more about how Lindsay built and grew her software, Hello Audio. And let me tell you, in this episode, she shares some drama. Like a lot of people in business, we work with others. And sometimes it goes well, and sometimes not so well. And she shares quite the story of a partnership that she thought was amazing, was not so amazing, but how she rebounded from it and moved forward and continues to move forward. Lindsay's somebody that I met in a mastermind when I started Podcast Clout. It was actually around the same time that she was starting Hello Audio. You will hear us chat about that and how she got the idea for the software, having no software background, and how she was able to build this and partner with some of the biggest in the business. And those partnerships were good partnerships. So we're going to get into everything. She's really so gracious at taking me and you behind the scenes of how she built and grew Hello Audio. As always, you can get the show notes for this episode right here on your app. Just scroll down, check it out. And of course, there's always more at becomeamediamaven.com. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Lindsay, I'm so excited to chat with you today. Same. We get outside of Voxer and into a podcast. That's fun. Oh my gosh, that's right. We do Vox. I was thinking more like Facebook, but yes, we do Vox every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. Um, and it was really random because when I met you in the mastermind, I was like, oh, yay. First of all, I was like, yay, another female right? because there's only like <laughs> a handful of us. And then I was like, ooh, let's be Facebook friends. But then we already were. And I don't know how we were already connected. Probably just I, I am very liberal with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll just take everybody. Um <laughs> So we probably, it was probably either like a Facebook group or like you were connected to people that I was connected to. I, I tend to have like, yeah, a lot of people in the industry that I'm friends with. <laughs> That's usually how it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So obviously we both have software. I have podcast clout helps people build a pitch list to be a guest on podcasts and you have something called hello audio. And 
I just wanted to bring you on, honestly, a little selfishly, just to hear more about how you built and grew it. Because Mm. I've told you many times, I'm just like so impressed by your drive and your dedication to do this. And I think it would be beneficial for listeners to hear how you did all of this from scratch. You're still pretty new. I mean, I know I launched Podcast Cloud about a year ago. When did you launch? Yeah, so we formed the company, I think in like two or three days, we're at our year anniversary of the actual documents. We didn't have software though, live until uh, very end of September, mid-September to our um, lifetime license buyers. And then we were public and selling monthly in November. So relatively new, I think like seven, seven or so months or eight months, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into exactly what Hello Audio is, tell me what you were doing mm. when you got the idea for it. And then we'll get into like the execution and all. Of yes. That. Okay. So I love starting with this question because um, I never thought I would be a CEO of a tech company in any way, shape or form. And then you can Dang. even go backwards from that. Like I was a professor in my past life. So I went and got the advanced degree and like was teaching community college And that was my life goal, literally. Um, And then I I always say I accidentally started a business. And, you know, I did the MLM to realizing that, hey, I should probably sell my own things journey, which is super common. So I, I like sharing that because, you know, somebody watching or listening could be in the education profession and be like, huh, I didn't know that this was possible. Even though with this last year, I think more teachers more than ever are exploring other opportunities. Um, And then, yeah. So then that business that I started once I got out of the MLM world and realized that I could basically help people teach better online. So because I was a professor and because I was teaching online for seven or eight years up until that point, I knew actually how to create online content and engage students and and all of that. So um, for the last about four or five years, I've been doing consulting and coaching and training a training company that helped people create digital courses, uh, launch their first course and that kind of thing. And so all in that journey, absolutely one of the biggest you know, problems I solved as a consultant and as a, as a course creator was, you know, how do I get people to finish my courses? It's very common in the industry, especially for people who care about their students and want them to get results that they want their students to consume. And so that had always been the thing that I was trying to help people with. Like, okay, there's some curriculum things you can do. Um, but the reality is, is getting people to watch the videos is actually really hard. It doesn't matter if you're the best teacher on the internet. you're competing with lots of other things. And there was, it's funny because, you know, I remember, I remember pockets of time saying something to my husband, Derek, who's also, he's the head of product at Hello Audio. And he was also like in my other business as well. He left teaching. He was also a professor. Uh, He has a physics PhD, which is pretty nuts. And yeah, so he's been in my business for this whole time. And I I think I remember him saying like, we were, you know, the biggest problem with people creating courses was like the making of the videos and like getting it into tech, like the tech part is always like, where do I host it? All the things. And we were just like, man, some of these videos could really just be audio and and the people would get the same results. They don't have to make it all fancy. And there at the time, and this is probably in like mid to late 2018, when I first like thought of it, 
And, you know, it was hard at that time. Like everyone was trying to sell a, a, you know, 997 course or a 1997 course and the value. Yeah. Right. And so that, I that had a 997 course, Lindsay. Okay. Everyone does. If you don't have a, if you don't have a, if you don't have a business, you don't have a 997 course. No. Um, and that's the thing though, is like that, that perceived value of, I need to make this look so good so I can sell it at that price point. And I think we went really far in that direction of like really well-produced courses and they looked beautiful and, and they were super fancy, but then they realized like no one was logging in or no one was consuming it. And so I was a little early in that it's not like I'm going to tell people to go create audio courses, right? But what we had had said was like, man, it would be just great to listen. And so I wasn't teaching people how to create audio courses or anything like that. I was a student who wanted to listen to somebody's course. And it was, I remember the price. It was $18.97. It was pretty pricey. And it was about money mindset. And it's an amazing course. She's an amazing woman. And her videos were literally just YouTube videos of her sitting like in her house. And so she actually didn't overproduce. She went the route of, hey, I have this really great content. But getting to the content was so annoying. Um, it, it, they it, they also hosted it on WordPress. And like, and, and it, it was just like not this like great course experience. And I'm like, man, I just wish I could listen to her love her voice. And like, she, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to watch her sitting at her house. Like literally I, she's not showing me anything. So that I made, I said to my husband, I said, can you make this into a podcast that I could just listen to? Right. And that was like the beginning. And so that happened. I think I bought that course in early 2019, converted some of my courses that I was listening to, to private podcasts. Um, and my husband knew how to do that. And what we started to do was research, like, what products out there do private podcast hosting? What does that look like? What does that mean? And I was also in lots of membership communities. Um, I was a big part of Stu McLaren's kind of community with Tribe. And, and probably quarterly, there would always be someone that says, my people wish that the membership content was in a podcast form. I remember seeing this and I knew the women doing it. Kate Northrup, who has a huge community. Tara McMullen, I think, was another one who has... Um, uh, what works podcast. And she's amazing. So these people that have huge communities and, and great membership communities were doing these hacks on the back end that their husbands were like coding in order to make it work. And that's when we started to say, okay, when you start hacking together people's things or like, it has to be WordPress and, and this is like, you start, you go, Oh, there's probably a need for software. And, um, we looked into, I think Transistor had just come out with private podcasting in October of 2019. And that was like two months after we sold our lifetime license. So it was relatively new um, back then. And no uh, podcast hosting software was making it easy. And we basically decided, yeah, I think there's a reason to build. And, um, and that kind of started that journey. Your story is very similar to how I started Podcast mm -hmm. Clout. Like I was in a Facebook group with a bunch of people in PR, other PR agency owners and publicists, and they would, you know, talk about these softwares that we have for traditional media, how to get the contact info for newspapers, TV, online, everything, but not podcasts. And I saw for probably three years, people saying like, you guys, I'm just scrolling through the these apps and building a list or I'm using these databases and 
these podcasts have gone inactive or nobody's listening to them. And I was just patiently waiting for somebody to create what in PR we call decision for podcasts. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know shit about software or technology. So I was just waiting for somebody to do it. And then I don't know what the hell came over me, but it was just like one day after I gave birth, I like had an epiphany and I was like, why don't I just make this? I mean, I know a lot of people. I'm in a lot of masterminds. I'm sure someone could like wing this thing together after I tell them what it should look like. Um, And it's basically the same thing because I saw a need for it in my industry. And then I just knew personally the success I had from being a guest on other people's Mm -hmm. podcasts. Mm -hmm. So I was like, obviously this is something that people want to do, but it's so time consuming to find the right one and the right information and pitch and all of that. So same thing. Okay. Something, but something that you kicked my ass at totally is, um, finding partnerships mm-hmm. to try to like build this thing and let people know about it and sell yeah. it. That's something that makes me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it always has, even when I had my nine ninety seven course, <laughs> um, everybody's like, you need affiliate, you need affiliate partners. And I, you know, like I know a lot of people, but I have a hard time asking people to partner or to be mm-hmm. an affiliate. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's like, I'm not good enough, or I'm going to burden you by putting something else on your plate. I hate it. I've tried to do it. I hate it. And so with Podcast Cloud, I've just hired a partnership agency to do it for me. Yeah. So, I mean, keep you posted on how that's going. Totally. But you, this is something that is like something you enjoy and you're amazing at. And is it what you credit to the success of Hello Audio growing? Yeah, I, I'd say partially. Um, uh, and I, I do want to go, I want to like re- um, respond to your, like, I just want to also just highlight, like, um, because I was very um, in doubt about my ability to run a tech company as well. And I think I want to like yell that because I think it's what I learned is, um, well, the first thing I did is I actually tried to get someone else to build it in their own, in their company. So the first thing I did was, and so when you bring up partnerships, they look very, like there's lots of partnerships that I could talk about. Yeah. But the first one is like, I actually was told by someone in the podcasting industry, he's like, well, why not just connect with all these podcast hosting companies and see if someone will build it. And you could just be like a partner and, and you basically gave them an idea and they build out this like arm of their podcast app. And so we explored that and we actually found a partnership. It took a couple of months and we partnered with Glow FM. Like I I didn't, we didn't officially partner, but we were in the process of their team was building it. She had to get board approval. She was venture backed. They actually just got acquired by, um, Libsyn last month, which is exciting oh, for them. So like no um, big deal, just a little old company. Just, doing yeah, which is super okay. exciting for them. So they're more like a um, subscription and helping people with payments and subscription. But anyways, we almost partnered with them and it wasn't until, um, and that was because in my head, similar to yours, like who am I to build this thing? I don't know how to do this. And I actually found Dan Martell around the time that I was like debating, not do like debating doing it myself. And I, I actually feel like the ability to join his group program, which we met in, helped give me the like foundation and just see it laid out of like, okay, cool. There's some things on like what type of positions this company, because I've been in the coaching world and it's like very different how you build a business there. And so I felt like confident um, in starting it myself. Um, 
And then like really side story, we partnered with actually a user, someone who bought a lifetime license and she built software and she has built like apps and stuff. And fast forward to the end of May, she actually ended up taking the code and building her own product. That's a competitor to Hello Audio. Okay. Side note on that. Talk about partnerships and how good I am at them. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, no side note on that because I saw your Facebook post a couple of weeks ago where you broke down what happened. Yep. And long story short, you are a much better person than me <laughs> because <Like that>. this <laughs> woman, you invited this woman in yeah. to be a part of something big. Mm-hmm. She pretended to go along with it the whole time. Now, listen, this is my interpretation and I'm going to be less nice than you were in the Facebook post. Yeah. She pretended to be on board and be a team player. And then at the last minute, she stole all your shit. And put her name on it. Mm-hmm. And after this, I did my, you didn't call her out by name in the nope. Facebook post. Oh, no, I did. No, I did. I named her and the, but I'd rather not on the podcast. Just, just an FYI. We're all linked to the post in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and this is me because I, I, okay. So I found her and I found her Facebook page and I scrolled and I kid you not. This is why I am so concerned with the mental health of people in this country. I kid you not on that day. The, the top post she had was some bullshit about women supporting women. Yep. yep. And I was like, this woman is off her rocker. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, but the way you handled it, like in, in your explanation, you were like, just keep my head down and keep working, keep mm-hmm. my head down and keep working. And you had so much bullshit to deal with on the side because like, not only did she leave and take the code, she was actually fighting us to be able to start our company. So that's really important to but say. You really couldn't just ignore it because yeah. then you had legal stuff to deal legal. with yeah. because yeah. she was bringing it to you. Correct. Yes. And look. Us cease and desist and telling us that she has patented it and has a patent pending, which is not true. Um, saying that she's copyrighted everything, which isn't how copyright works when you work in a joint partnership. Even if nothing is signed, you both own it like legally. So, yeah. And we had to t- we just took the stance that whole time that we both built it together and it didn't work out. Go, you know, be great. We're going to go be great over here. And so we never actively took the position of fighting her, which we had the choice. So when she took everything and wrote an email that said, Hey, I get to keep it all like no hard feelings. You guys are great people. Literally. Um, she, uh, my lawyer was like, cool. She can say that, but that's not how the law works. So you guys could totally go after her for that code. You partially own it. And our decision was no, we're not going to go after it. Why would we spend tens of thousands of dollars on legal fees when we could actually spend the same thing and just build it ourselves and not have to like ever deal with like getting maybe even shitty code. Like who knows what she would put in it if it like she brought it back to us. So we just took the stance, build it. And you know, it was, it, it, um, I, yeah, I did not publicly say anything and all my friends wanted to like go to her posts and like do things. And I was like, look, we could do that. She's just going to block you. Like it's not going to do anything. And so, and, and my lawyer was like, why would you draw attention to a competitor that has software running when you guys don't yet? And I was like, yeah, so why am I going to make this big call out post. So we didn't. And I just resold lifetime licenses that June, which she filed a false DMCA takedown for the, for the website, which didn't, it obviously didn't work. Um, we sold lifetime licenses and made another 30 K was able to hire a developer and, and just start building. And so, yeah, I had to put my head down because 
I didn't want anyone to find out about her. And luckily she was terrible at marketing and didn't have the relationships that I have in the business that like people didn't even know this was happening. They had no idea that this other company even exists. Now it's not completely that, that you know, I have, we have customers come to us and say, Oh, I was like looking into that company and, and that's fine. Um, there is some market confusion because like the reality of it is, which we didn't even talk about, but like I made a Facebook post in August of 2019 that sold nearly $30,000 of lifetime licenses, one Facebook post and like a couple emails to my list. And we had over 700 comments on that. And it was all about podcasting your course. She bought that license. The, my entire friends list and all like a lot of people in the course industry and in digital marketing attribute podcasting your course to me. So if she's in the same industry, like it, it boggled my mind as to like what she thought would happen. I think the idea that first to market is odd is always the thing that wins. And it's just not true. And I can tie this back into being in Dan's program and getting that, um, that confidence because, and this is what I want women watching this to know. Um, if you're in coaching or you're in the digital marketing space, you're doing services, you're doing consulting and you see a problem that can be solved through software, as Dan always says, right? Something that you're doing on a spreadsheet can be turned into software, right? If you see a need, um, you have the skills to launch a tech company. And the, and I remember going in there and I don't know if you felt this way, Christina, but it was less about tech and how to build a tech company and more about marketing. And I'm like, oh, I know how to do this. Like I know how to sell lifetime licenses off a Facebook post. I know how to bootstrap. I know how to launch. I know how to tweak messaging. I know how to affiliate with people. And so I actually got validation by being in that entry level, like software building group and saying, I actually know a lot of shit and, and looking at what the tech industry is now. And, and yeah, like we could even talk about, we raised, we're like, um, we got into tech stars, which is, um, a tech accelerator. Like I'm competing with people, you know, coming out of Silicon Valley, if you want to, you know, say it like that. Um, they, the hardest part is getting customers and finding product market fit. And we have that. And I'm like, oh, these, these tech bros that are like behind the computer screens, like coding, don't have anyone to sell to because they don't know how to sell and we know how to sell. And so in my, in my honest opinion, yes, you may not be able to code and that is hard. That is very hireable, very hireable. And um, you know, it is hard to like find someone. And this is where I do feel like I'm, you know, grateful to my husband, like he's head of product, his brain, like I would never. And, and this is why I know why you're, you struggle with this too. Cause especially those early days, like how to communicate what you want something to do to a developer and make it do that is hard. And my, so my husband is head of product. He, his brain totally works like that. He can't code. He knows like enough though to like be dangerous, but he can't actually build anything. <laughs> um, but he knows enough about like tech and all the things. And so that he's been able to hold that space to communicate um, like our ideas. And it was really his vision too, like that made the product to the developers. So that's been huge. So then my job as the CEO is relationships, affiliate, you know, uh, promo, um, you know, finding money, investors, all of that stuff. And so that, you know, job, you know, uh, separation, I think was, was also key to our success. Um, but I do want to show people like, you know, developers are a dime a dozen. I mean, you do need to find a good one and that is hard, but, um, it's doable. And I think the, 
I love the recurring revenue that that a SaaS product brings, especially if you if you have something that people love and they see it as part of their forever tech stack and building their business. I mean, they don't leave. <laughs> they don't leave. And that's huge. And so we um in 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 all of that experience, it actually made as much as it sucked and how hard it was and painful it was to watch literally go to her about page, the note from the CEO. I mean, she pretends like we don't even exist, right? She came up with the idea herself magically. And it's it's hard. That was like really hard. But I had great support from friends in the industry, I think, that were just like, you know, you like we got your back when it launches, like you're you're gonna crush this, your relationships, everything you've built is is leading up to this point. And that just gave me such clarity. Like I knew like in my body, like I couldn't not build this. So I had no choice to be scared. It was like, keep going, keep going. Like this is your thing. And in, in some cases, I even say it gave me even more reason to build it because, and to build it faster and to build it well, right? We, our goal was to build a better product. We had to, right? And so we'll beat her in the marketplace in the PR and also build a better thing. And so it, because it was from us and not her, and we know that innately, it it was just, we just have to get it out. Um, and and so that that conviction that it's, I wouldn't call it revenge because I'm working on my forgiveness, but like the idea that like, you have this like fire behind you when you're building something, it does help you in the days that are hard where you're like questioning, you're like, it does help you to keep going. No, well, doing better is, is the best revenge. I mean, totally. that's why Khloe Kardashian had her revenge body show. Remember? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she got smoking hot. Yeah. Right? That's how it works. Totally. Um, so you mentioned partnerships. Yes. Help you grow. And by that, I mean like teaming up with course creators and all of that. So tell me how you are marketing to make the sales, like your top two, your top two streams. Yeah. So we, our stuff is all organic right now. Um, we are just starting to test ads, um, and we're just starting to roll out some campaigns, but it's more like test mode right now. So yeah, everything's organic and a lot of, um, yeah, my relationships, like I mentioned, were in the course industry. It, it's it's cool when you have a product that when people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I needed this is is a thing that Hello Audio brings people. Um, and 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 so it is it's helpful, especially in the digital marketing space. That's why we targeted that group. Um, we knew them the best, right? Because that we were digital marketers, we were course creators, the team. And so, you know, we we realized that we had something that was really cool and digital marketers like being innovative, right? Especially with marketing. So (laughs) when you're telling people that there's a new way that you can, um, a new lead magnet you can create and guess what? It's easier than, you know, other lead magnets. People are excited about that. Um, when people are having launches that are the most kickback launches they've ever had fully hosted on a podcast, people are excited about that. So I think the, the product itself was powerful, but then, you know, to be fair, yeah, I, we did do some outreach, those early lifetime licenses, you know, I was pinging everyone who I thought could use it. Not everyone took, took me up on it. Um, but you know, I was saying, Hey, this is an opportunity to like, this is where we're going with it. And so there was a lot of, I wouldn't call it cold outreach. It definitely wasn't. It, it was very warm. It was people I knew, um, 
you know, and they really, we had 250 people over the three lifetime launches that we've had invest in Hello Audio um, in the vision of what it was going to become. And this was before there was any any software. And so we use, and it was nearly 100K that we raised through that process um, to get the thing built. So yeah, we didn't spend a penny out of our pocket to to build it, which is is also another thing that's like a tip in the industry that I didn't realize I was doing right, but I got through, you know, my course building. It's like, don't build it yet. See if people want it. And so we followed that path. And yeah, we had to do it a couple of times because of developer and and the thing that happened. And that was okay. And um it gave us the foundation. And so once we had the thing built, then we started what I call I mean, it's a version of the like Dream 100, which most people are are familiar with. Is you make a list of people who would be so awesome to to have it, right? And you decide, okay, how do we want to reach these people who are huge, <laughs> right? Who have who get a, pinged a lot and they get a lot of emails and they get mail sent to them. And so we came up with a campaign. Um, we've we've so far sent out 20. I'm actually sending another 30 out this month, and then um, so we will have done 50 of these little send boxes. Out what? Yeah, oh, okay. so we're sending out little boxes and um, I'm trying to think. I don't have one next to me right now. Usually I do. Um, it's a it's like a fake AirPods, right? So like not Cute. actually AirPods. And it has the Hello Audio logo on it. And we have a sticker in there. And then um, I write this card that's like kind of like, hey, I recorded a, a secret message for you, like whatever. And so we have a... Um, a QR code that's at the top of the box and they take a picture of it and it takes them to a private podcast. So we're demonstrating the actual use of the product. And so when they click that, they see literally what it's like to sign up for a private podcast as a listener in Hello Audio and they subscribe to the podcast and I make personal um, a personal podcast for every one of these folks. So it's one feed that is sent to one person. And it says, so for example, Amy Porterfield is, is a user of Hello Audio through this process. And it said like, hello, Amy. And then I recorded an episode that kind of introduced the team and like what Hello Audio is. And then the next episode was like how it works and how it, it could work for her specifically. And then the last episode was a call to action to email the team um, and see if we could set up some sort of conversation and, you know, in that messaging was like, yeah, it's an opportunity, you know, you teach course creators and we think this is the future of how digital courses will be. Um, we're not trying to replace digital courses. It's, it's a way to help your students. And so, um, yeah, we've been sending out those boxes, um, slowly, but surely, uh, and I record all of those and I use a really cool tool. Not only do I use hello audio, but I also use Descript, which we integrate with. And I actually can like chop up the episode and record sentences for the people. And so I don't have to record a podcast episode, um, for every person individually. So, um, there are some cool things that we're doing with it that way, but I do make, you know, their own cover art. That's their name and, and the description in the episodes. That's all through them. And I can see if they subscribe, I can see if they listen all through hello audio. And so it's, it's been, um, it's been pretty great. And yeah, Amy, Amy had her DCA students for her spring launch, which is more like a smaller launch for her. It's like more internal. She doesn't use partners or anything for that. And I think they're getting surveys back right like as we speak, the course just finished. So I can't wait to hear how Hello Audio, um, you know, uh, helped her students. But she used it really as an objection killer, which we knew 
one of the main reasons why we built this product was four courses and the objection killer of time. Um, a lot of her people say, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to watch your stuff. And so when I told her that, Hey, when you tell them they can take it on the go, she's just like, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> that's huge. And she does it a really unique way where she releases the module. And I think she releases the podcast episode at the end of the week. So she, she, um, she does like try to get them to consume the video content first and then, and and then gives them the podcast a little bit later. So there's different ways that you can do that using Hello Audio. But yeah, that's pretty much what we're doing this partner campaign. And then we are hoping to set up, yeah, like, you know, joint webinars and stuff, which we haven't rolled out yet. So most all of this, you know, we did a partner campaign with Member Vault, which we integrated with. So that's also um, a, a source of, of partnership is not just the affiliates themselves as, as, as individual brands, but the companies that you partner with. So we're working on something with Descript where we did something with Member Vault. Um, and so we go to our people that we've integrated with and recognize that, hey, if they're course platforms, right, we're also in the Thinkific app store. So Thinkific sends us traffic. They, they created an app store where you basically install like our app. Um, it doesn't, really install anything, but it's, it's kind of the Shopify angle of like, Hey, there's all these different types of like apps that you can make your course better. And so we were an early partner with, with them. And so those, those two places hit people, get the, the people whose software can work perfectly with yours, like, and, and, and integrate well. And then the people who have big audiences that obviously audiences of potential hello audio users that they can turn around and sell to. And so that's what we've been working on. So we're working on more assets for our affiliates and our partners, which we are just starting to build. So hopefully we'll go like all, we're not even really all in yet um, with partners. And so that it's kind of like a, been a slow burn. So tell me how the money works. So like, mm -hmm. for example, with Amy, mm -hmm. does Amy purchase a bunch of hello audio subscriptions or accounts or licenses, or does she purchase one and use them? Or does the course buyer have to like, how does it work yeah. as oh, far as what somebody gets and what you get? Because it is different. Like there's different mm -hmm. kinds of partnerships. Model. Some are referral, yep. some are affiliate. So break down how that works. Yeah. So I think our pricing, um, you know, is kind of like a, a, a low priced SaaS product. So software as a service, which means that there's a monthly subscription typically um, for a user. Um, and our users are, yeah, the course creator, the creator themselves, right? So their students or their listeners or their customers never have to log into Hello Audio. It is all like a, a an outward facing thing, you know, to... Um, our, our users as, as the creator. So Amy's team has a, a, a um, monthly subscription with us and that's what she hosts. And we, we set ours up by feeds. So the number of feeds that you have per tier basically is, is it now, as you can tell, I have like, I have like, I think I might be one of the most active feeds in the, in all of Hello Audio because I have feeds for investors and feeds for these partners, literally individual ones. So at Hello Audio, there is a top tier that has unlimited feeds and you can use it for anything. So we have people using it for personal reasons. They have feeds for their wives. They have feeds for family members. I have a feed for myself of things that I want to consume in audio. It's literally just called Listen Lindsay. Any calls that I take or, or do or pay for, um, I tend to drop them in there for myself, for my own consumption. So there's a lot of really cool use cases. So the, that unlimited feed tier is great. And it allows you to kind of do lots of things, not just courses. And so then when, um, to your question, yeah. So Amy would actually sell, um, 
subscriptions to our product and we would cut a percentage of that. So she would basically, and that is, I think, a typical affiliate relationship, which is, hey, like I use this thing, you should too. Um, and so at Hello Audio, ours is 30% and it's forever. There are other models where people give higher percentage for the first year and then they stop paying you. You know, there's like a lot of different models, but I I don't know, in the digital marketing space, I think it's, I I think there's incentive to have a monthly recurring revenue that you can build over time. The more people you refer it to a la like Pat Flynn and smart passive income, right? Like if you put links places, people will sign up and you just get money for that. So I think that's cool. So that's kind of the the model we're taking when it comes to some of these higher level partners. And so this is, you know, it, we do not have this relationship with Amy yet. <laughs> Um, and maybe at some point we do, but we, we are open to negotiating, you know, higher percentage if, if they're willing to put in work, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, bi-annually we'll host a webinar together and Bob, you know what I mean? And so that's like, there's more effort versus just being like, here's the link, right? Um, you know, maybe at some point we'll be a part of her, her bonuses for her course is another option that we're going to talk through, um, in the fall. So I think it's, it's being creative about like, how can you make it a win-win for the person you're partnering with? And, um, Usually I think people, yeah, really want to get a lot of value out of your software and to be able to, that's why it's cool that we're partnering with people who teach course creators and digital marketers, because that's really who the product is for. And so when their audience, um, experiences our product as a customer and then they turn around and they want to wow their customers, you know, it's a, it's a win-win for, for someone like Amy. So I think it's, it's always thinking about that. How can you, um, make it a win-win for them because they are pummeled with like being asked to to sponsor things and to promote things. And um, I think if you really go to the like, hey, this will help your people and here's how um, that that's the thing that they care about is how how they take care of their audience that they've worked really hard to build and nurture. And so um, that's how we look at it, at least. Love it. And what have you, when it comes to partnerships, just because that seems to be like something you're very good at and like a main focus of yours, what are two tips, one thing that maybe you did that was terrible and you'll never do again? (laughs) Yeah. And one thing that you're like, this is amazing. Everybody should do this. This works wonderfully. Yes. I love that. So the one thing that I wish, (laughs) here I am outing myself. I was really bad at follow-up of the boxes. So I like, um, and I'm not good. I'm not a follow-through person. I officially got diagnosed with ADHD last month. (laughs) Um, Like it's not my forte to like close loops. Um, I'm just like, yay, let's talk to people. And then it's like, oh no, now I have to like finish. So the thing that I would never do is like send boxes and not like email them. Like, please don't do that. (laughs) And like, I know that's like, it's not a like, don't do it this way, but it kind of is. It's like, have the follow-up system in place. That's the follow-up. The fortune is in the follow-up, as they say. Get that in place so you're not um, like uh, leaving it hanging and just opening the conversation. Many times people just forget that they got this cool thing and like they have to do the outreach back to you. Like, no, they, you know, it should go both ways, right? So don't send out boxes and not email. So it, um, the first set of boxes, I did them 10 at a time. I did not reply for like over two months. Um, and there was, and it's just like, it's silly. Um, and then I was in their inbox and I was like, Hey, I think you got a box a couple months ago. 
Um, which is embarrassing, but like, it's also fine. Like, and, and the, the brand awareness is there too, but like, I would not recommend it. So this next set of 30 boxes, I have like a whole like follow-up sequence in place. I'm using something called Lemlist, which is great for like sending out those kind of emails. So anyways, make sure you have the tech in place and the, the process in place before you, um, you know, get going as, as many, uh, people in digital marketing probably would have been like, well, duh. Um, so that's one. Uh, the, the thing that worked wonderfully, you know, um, Clubhouse has been really good for us. And I, you know, I, I think for obviously it's audio based. So there's an angle there that like, I'm so grateful that Clubhouse was launching. Literally, I I got a Clubhouse invitation the um, same month that we launched. And I was like, oh, this is going to change everything. Because now this awareness of audio as being powerful and useful, people now are actually experiencing in a different way. And so it made um, our conversation with our potential uh, users a lot easier because we have that reference point. Um, so for me, Clubhouse um, was a great way to make connections. And I know in the in the marketing space, it, it kind of blew up and then it's kind of sizzled a little bit. And I would venture to say that if you if you actually dedicated time to get to know people on that app and and meet ten to twenty people, um, I've I've been able to host rooms with Amy. I I absolutely think that contributed. And and I hosted rooms with her before she officially became a partner. By the way, um, she didn't say that's why, but like of course she's heard me talk and like all the things. And um, I got into TechStars, and it's an a, a very high profile tech accelerator that only accepts like two percent of the applications. And we got in and um, I built huge relationships there. I got an investor from Clubhouse. So um, it's not a go and, and, you know, make a webinar every week to try to get customers kind of thing. It's like actual relationships, like people I text and I met and that gave me money, <laughs> to, like invested in my company. Um are we're all met on Clubhouse. So though that really accelerates relationships and um it's just finding the right rooms and um and showing up and giving value and just like hanging out with people like it it actually really adva advances relationships. So I think that would be the game changer that I wasn't expecting um that I'm grateful for and um encourage other people to explore because it truly made the relationship building go so much faster. Well, you're a people person. Yeah. Like you I mean, I think that that is probably why you're so good at partnerships. Yeah. I'm, I used to be very extroverted and I used to be a people person. And then I think when I turned 30, I was like, fuck you all. Over and, it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so. Um, so I, I mean, that, that is definitely, I think like your superpower is, and, and why, you know, you've, you've been able to do so much with Hello Audio. I've, I watch you from afar. Mm -hmm. I box you every once in a while <laughs> and I love seeing everything that you're doing. Um, so thank you for coming yeah. on and for telling us all of the things I'm going to link to hello audio in the show notes. Um, if any course creators listening want to check that out, that's awesome. Actually, I mean, it's amazing because I'm somebody who like my motivation to drive places and do things is literally so I can listen, listen to I know. or my audio book. I'm like, yep. I'm only going because I need to like, get out and listen to my audiobook right now. Like that's yep. really why I do things. So yep. 
Thank you, Lindsay. Anything else you want to add? I should have asked before you say goodbye. No, no, this has been great. I'm, I'm, I, I'm glad. I think you and I, we should talk about this more publicly. I, I like getting women into tech. I think is huge. Showing people that they can do it. I, it's like I'm here for it. And, um, yeah, like feel free to ping me, like, and I'll give you some motivation and direction for. I, I, I literally now get messages. I think I'm going to start a SaaS company because of you. And I'm like, do it. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on. I had a great time chatting with you. I learned a lot and I think you're amazing. And I'm looking forward to seeing where Hello Audio goes from here. If you like this episode, I would love to hear your thoughts. You can do that right here where you are listening on your podcast app by leaving me a positive rating or a review. And if you are listening to this online, like on a desktop or a laptop, that's cool too. Thank you so much for listening. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. I am at Christina all day, and I look forward to connecting with you and bringing you another new episode of Become a Media Maven next week.